Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football. Don, we're recording this on one of our non-standard days, but I wanted to touch base with you, man, because you were up there in Baltimore, Maryland for the Under Armour camp over the weekend. And, you know, getting up there in age there, Don, so, you know, I want to talk to you before the, the memories faded for you, buddy. Yeah, especially with how the weekend was. I mean, it was a good weekend. I got a lot accomplished and everything, but with the drive and for whatever reason, I, I made the good decision of heading to Baltimore on Thursday night. So the traffic wasn't so bad, even though it was raining. But on the way back, I drove back on Sunday, I guess, afternoon-ish. And, you know, D.C. traffic, for those who have to do that, it's, I mean, I do it all the time for for a lot of different reasons, personal and business. And D.C. traffic is just, I just, I don't understand it. I absolutely hate it. And, uh, yeah, that was a fun. That really probably was what took the most out of me was just Sunday spending. I probably was in the car for six, seven hours dealing with, with, that that traffic it's 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 a nightmare oh man well hey how did the um the weather hold up for you guys did the sky break eventually or yeah was it rain it was it was great because um you know i I was watching the weather throughout you know actually probably starting a week uh throughout and the the forecast for sunday which is when the camp was got better and better with each day and it was funny because they had the preakness on saturday and i was watching the news from that and just how awful the weather was for that with you know just mud being all over the track and all over you know people who were uh i guess was what do they call it the um the the field the lower field area where the fans oh. are kind of walking around they have, have the concerts yeah. and everything it has a special name i don't i don't know it what it is though name. yeah the promenade is that what uh, it's I called remember. i don't but know it was just I, I watched a little bit of uh i guess the coverage of that and just the people down there and it was just pure mud and i'm like oh man i hope it's not like that because the other thing too was I had no idea I'd never been to the high school that was hosting the Under Armour camp. So I didn't know if it was gonna be a turf field. Luckily it was, but it could have been, you know, grass field and after days and days of rain, no matter how good the weather was on Sunday, it was gonna be muddy and, and, and just not ideal for for the campers and for Don more importantly. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so there was no rain. It was great. The weather was unbelievable. Um, you know, we had you know, it was it was you know, nice temperature, but you had a cool breeze to kind of keep you from from sweating too much. So it, it was it was great. How was um, how was your weekend? Weekend was all right, man. Um, just pretty much standard things on my end. You know, working, trying to get ready for another week of work. So it's a it's a busy time right now. But you know, it's always better to be busy than not. Um, yes. But hey, let's go ahead and, and jump right into it. And I think the thing that most Carolina fans are interested in was your impression of Giovanni Biggers. Now, for those who haven't seen it, you did post a story on Inside Carolina on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board. 
but give us just a quick rundown because it sounds as if uh, you and Brian Doan got a lot of opportunities to to kind of view him. Yeah, the now yeah, uh, just going back to what you mentioned about the what we post, we posted a video which actually includes every 101 rep and every 707 rep that Gio uh, Giovanni Biggers uh, participated in and then also about a handful of um of I guess position drill reps and the the positive of going to an event where there wasn't a ton I mean there's a good good chunk of UNC targets but wasn't a ton was I was able to just really kind of focus so much on Biggers and um and if you want to kind of see for yourself as as I mentioned go check out that video um you you it's it's as good as you can get high high definition and, and everything. But um, you and I talked uh, the day before the the actual combine, and we were mentioning. I guess the biggest question was the fact that that uh, Biggers doesn't play against the greatest competition at his high school. So you're always curious about how he's going to perform in this sort of setting where you know he's playing against really good players, and for the most part, he held his own. And I was really impressed. You know, I think the biggest negative I walked out of there with is that I felt I was, I'm pretty confident in saying that he's going to need at least a red shirt year to bulk up. Because when you kind of look at him, you kind of almost think, okay, he's a tiny guy. But then when you see him in a line with other DBs, he's actually, you know, an inch or so taller than most of the DBs. It's just that he, his physique hasn't completely been developed yet, which is, the easiest thing to fix when it comes to a a football prospect because all, all they need to do is is go into a a meal plan and you know spend some well spend a lot of time with the strength and conditioning staff and they'll be able to bulk him up get him to where he needs to be and especially with the way he plays he's such a physical player that developing that muscle mass and 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 you know, getting you know good some good weight on him is going to be important. Uh, the other thing that I, I liked about him was um, during the one on ones. Now, for those who haven't ever seen a camp setting or a combine setting, you one on ones is like the big, I guess, almost kind of like the main event of of these things. But um, people don't realize that they favor certain positions, such as a, you know a a pro style quarterback. Can, is going to thrive in that situation because they don't have to worry about the pass rush. They don't have to worry about reading a defense. They don't have to worry about so many different things. They just can lock on a receiver and throw it when they think the receiver is going to be open. In a receiver DB one-on-one, it definitely favors the receiver as opposed to the defensive back because because you you know the the receiver doesn't have to worry about any other defender. Just have to worry about that that defensive back and the defensive back and a typical defense. You're going to get help from someone, whether it's over the top or underneath, you know, um, and that sort of thing. And um, and then it feels like the re- receivers have a lot more time during a one-on-one than they would on a typical on a typical um, play in a football game. With all of that said, you know, it, it, defensive backs are at a disadvantage, and if you're a safety, such as Giovanni Biggers is, you're at a disadvantage because safeties aren't really asked to cover anyone one-on-one, let alone receivers uh, mm-hmm. one-on-one. So you're in a scenario where you are you really have a lot going against you. But I was surprised by how well Biggers held his own. You know, his first rep was a little shaky, but he was always where he needed to be. And he actually had, he had well, he had four, um, four one-on-one reps total, and he had two 
pass deflections, which I, you know, that, that sort of batting average is, 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 is really good. Um, during the seven on seven, there wasn't a whole lot going on for him. You know, he played his, his position and didn't see, didn't see any passes thrown his way, but during the one-on-ones, I was really, really impressed with his ability to, to break on the ball, to, um, to knock a couple balls down. Um, uh, two of the, two of the reps, he went up against a, a big tight end. And he didn't, even though, as I mentioned, he's going to have to, to uh, add some good weight when he gets to college. Uh, he didn't seem to struggle with the bigger tight end. He, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't intimidated in the least. And he didn't get mus- out-muscled at all. So that was another good sign. Um, you can see in the, in the drills, he has a very smooth backpedal. You know, he, he transitions really well. He seemed a little off on the timing, but you know that's another thing that will, will come with practice. But overall, I was really impressed, and I think he's a guy that, unless there's just a crazy amount of injuries um, under normal circumstances, a guy that's gonna he's gonna redshirt, and you probably won't even see him you know, his redshirt freshman year, probably his his redshirt sophomore year before you see him on the field. Gotcha. And it sounds as if your mentor Brian Doan was similarly impressed with Biggers. Um, he also had a, a review that was similar to you, Don, where he said, you know, Biggers definitely has the potential there. He needs to bulk up. So was that your impression as well? Do you think that Brian also came away probably with a higher opinion of Giovanni than he did before the camp? Yeah, I haven't spoken to Brian. I, I saw cr- quickly what he what he wrote, but I haven't spoken to Brian. At, well, we've we've uh, we've exchanged text messages, but we haven't talked about the event because and then during the event, you know, he's doing all this other stuff. I'm doing all this stuff. So, it, you know, we cross paths, but we don't, there's not a whole lot of time for us to, to uh, communicate. But um, yeah, I, I, it sounds like that Brian has a very similar impression that I had. And anybody who watched Geo during that camp had to come away pretty impressed with, with what they saw, considering what you saw in him from him on film too. You can find those two, you know, pieces of evidence and and you've got to be happy about what biggers can be in college all right well let's turn to the other unc prospects that were there at the camp then don who else really caught your eye and do you have any recruiting updates on any of the potential targets we have recruiting updates on all of the major unc targets they're all up on well not all of them but there will be by the end of this week the majority of them will be up on the website uh, we've posted a bunch already. You know, there's some interesting, I guess, updates. This is uh, Jakai Moore is targeting uh, visiting North Carolina for the Freak Show, which is which is huge. William Harad, who just released his top seven over the weekend, which included North Carolina, he's also looking to make a visit to North Carolina, likely for the Freak Show. Uh, but we have a bunch of stories either already posted or will be posted in the, in the next few days. As far as what guys stood out, the two that really kind of grabbed my attention were uh, Tyke Smith, who is a, a defensive back out of Philadelphia. That, um, and he's another one we have a, we have a recruiting update on. Uh, he really is eager to visit North Carolina. The thing with him was he, he's kind of um, he's listed as a safety, but I see him as the ideal nickel in North Carolina's defense because he has really, really good man coverage skills. I mean, he probably was, to me, and I didn't see every single uh, rep because there's, there's different reps going, going on. At one, there's actually four different one-on-one reps going on at the same time. Um, but the reps I saw of him, I felt like he was the, the best cover 
uh, defensive back in the camp. Um, you're very, very, very physical. He's definitely from the inner city, so he has that sort of mentality when he's playing. Very, you know, you know, he's going to get in your face. He's going to intimidate you. That sort of thing has a lot of has a quiet confidence about him. I really liked him, and the fact that he's such a good in coverage, man coverage, but yeah, is listed as a safety. I think will. Um, makes him a perfect sort of nickel, and, he, and he's so physical, which is what you need at that nickel position in North Carolina's defense. The other guy is the offensive lineman that I mentioned earlier, William Harad. Um, I think he you know, he played a lot of left tackle in the, in the camp. I think that uh, he's from um, he's from uh, the DC area. I think he might be more of a guard than a tackle. He has the height and the length for for tackle. But uh, yeah, he has you know he he has a lot of girth to him, um, and he you know he moves his feet very very well, and uh, you know really kind of held his own. He has a little bit has a slight little nasty streak to him. You can see one of the photos that we posted from the story. He actually what looks like he has a guy kind of like uh, he's, he's choke slamming him. But what <laughs> ended up happening is in that drill, somehow the guy kind of got into a sleeper and then William was like, all right, this is not going to work. And he just slammed the guy on his back, which, you know, in those situations is pretty impressive because every, for the most part, all the guys are going up against each other in these one-on-one drills are all big human beings. So those are the two that really kind of stood out to me among the, uh, the Under Armour uh, participants. All right. Well, Hey, let's take a quick commercial break then Don. And when we get back, Wanted to talk with you about some recent news involving two guys UNC has been pursuing, but they've been committed elsewhere. We'll get to that as soon as we get back from our commercial break. And we are back. John Sigler here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. All right, Don, so you recapped the Under Armour camp in Baltimore, Maryland during the first half of the podcast. But let's talk about some more local news here. There were a couple of names that we've been discussing that are currently committed to Duke. And I think you brought these guys up on a podcast maybe a couple of weeks ago. But there's been some very recent news that I think is positive for Carolina. Go ahead and tell the listeners what's going on with that, man. Well, both of them actually, ironically, committed to Duke on the same day. Back in, and this is back in, in, uh, March, I believe. And, but they both seem, well, first, you know, their commitment seemed kind of just out of nowhere. I mean, obviously they, they both visited for junior day and I think it was the junior day that was held in conjunction with the UNC Duke basketball game. But even with that, it just seemed kind of out of nowhere. I, I had spoken to both of them just prior to that visit. And when I learned that they both committed, it just, it, it, it really shocked me. And then when you, when I started to kind of talk to them afterwards, you kind of got the feeling that both of them might have rushed into that decision and they weren't happy with it. And the interesting thing was that Duke coaching staff was telling both these guys different things. You know, the, the first guy, Donovan Green, is a wide receiver out of Mount Airy. Uh, both of them are, are in-state guys. Um, but basically, they didn't really give him any sort of guidance as far as what he could and couldn't do. So he fully intended on visiting other schools. And then you have Zonovan Knight, who's a four-star running back out of Southern Nash, which is the alma mater of, do you know who that is? Famous UNC player who went to Southern Nash. Um, let me think here. Julius Peppers? Yes, Julius Peppers. Did you look it uh, up? No, I didn't. Okay. 
actually, when you walk into uh, Southern Nash's high school, unless they've changed it, there's a, a bunch of um, you know, different things representing Julius Peppers. It's, it's, it's kind of nice to walk in and see all that. But anyway, both of these guys, um, Duke was giving different message. For Zonovan, they were telling him, hey, we're, we're going to pull your scholarship if you visit anywhere else. So he was scared to visit anywhere. And um, in a matter, really, they didn't they, they did commit it within, I guess, a week of each other. And North Carolina has been involved with both of them. Um, I think that uh, UNC has a better chance with with Donovan Green than Zonovan Knight. Um, but I, th- I think UNC is in- definitely involved with Knight also. And UNC's recruiting efforts contributed to him backing out of his due commitment. Gotcha. So. I I agree with you. I think that Green is seems a little bit more receptive at this point to UNC than maybe Zonovan Knight. But at the running back position, Carolina kind of is only looking to take maybe one more guy in this class. Is that your feeling, Don? Yeah, yeah. So with Knight, it's not if he goes in a completely different direction, it's not going to be the end of the world. North Carolina, as you mentioned, is only going to take one running back in this class, and they probably don't even need to take one, but you know, you just almost kind of feel like you have to take at least one a class, regardless of, of your roster situation. With that said, there's a handful of running backs, or almost a handful of running backs that North Carolina has a really good shot with. We've talked about Josh Henderson from out of New Jersey a bunch. Um, it just, you know, he, he lists North Carolina as his leader. He's one of North Carolina's top running back targets, if not the top. There's a few other guys like uh, Taj Gary out of Georgia. There's Jordan Houston, a running back um, out of Virginia, who was also at the Under Armour camp, who looked really, really good. He's a guy that I didn't mention earlier, but uh, uh, he looked really good, during, particularly during the seven-on-seven stuff, because they did a lot of things where they, they put him in the backfield, but then they also put him in the slot to kind of show off his versatility. He's definitely a guy who, kind of like, I guess, um, how UNC used uh, TJ Logan, where you kind of, you know, his primary position is running back, but in certain formations and sets, you can put him in um, in a slot and have no no worry whatsoever about his ability to to run a route and catch the ball and, and make some plays. But yeah, I mean, and there's a couple of other guys too. I mean, but but UNC is in really good position to land a running back that it really likes. And if it's Donovan Knight, great. If it's not, then um, that's okay because they have other options. All right, and then real quick about Donovan Green. How many more wide receivers do you think Carolina's targeting? Because watching his tape, I, I'm actually pretty impressed with him, and I think that he could really fit into this Larry Fedora offense. Yeah, um, you know, UNC wants to take two, and I think the preferred breakdown is a taller receiver such as Donovan Green. He's you know, six, six, three, uh, 205 pounds. And then the second guy would be a smaller, speedy guy, slot guy, such as a Keon Lassane out of uh, Butler High School and Matthews, or um, a Choffrey Brown from out of uh, West Mecklenburg High School in Charlotte. But even with that said, the staff would not be opposed to taking two speed guys. They're going to take the two best guys that they have the best opportunity with. And if it happens to be Lassane and Choffrey Brown, They'll do that and be happy with it. But I think the the preference is to get a, a taller guy in there, which obviously Donovan Green fits that mold. All right, so let's close this one out with a little bit of a tidbit then. 
What do you think the odds are that UNC gets a visit from either Zonovan Knight or Donovan Green maybe over the summer? Like, do you think Carolina's really going to start pursuing these guys pretty heavily? Well, I think UNC's been recruiting these guys pretty heavily for a while now, uh, probably since the coaching staff was settled. But um, I would be shocked if Green does not visit again at some point. And I expect... Zonovan uh, Knight to also visit at some point, you know, unless his recruitment just completely goes in a, in, in a different direction and he starts to kind of like two, three schools and, and North Carolina doesn't end up being one of those schools. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think North Carolina, I think we're going to talk about these guys again at some point, but All before right. we, before we All end right. this, we got a, a quick reminder, obviously because we just recently posted our last podcast, we weren't going to release the the quarterback rankings that we talked about last podcast. We wanted to give everybody a full week to watch the film and, and to put together the ranking and send it in. But just as a reminder, we're doing a ranking of the a top five ranking of the quarterbacks that North Carolina is pursuing. And if you want to get involved, it's just easy as sending your ranking into me, myself or John, my Twitter handle, you can tweet it at me, is Don Callahan IC, no spaces. You can also send it to me via the Inside Carolina premium message board. Uh, just, I, I can't remember my, my name is. I think it's either D Callahan or Don Callahan. It should be pretty easy to find if you're familiar with Inside Carolina's uh, message board. But the five quarterbacks that we are ranking are Connor Baslick, a quarterback out of uh, Ohio, Zach Calzada, a quarterback out of Georgia. Luke McCaffrey, a quarterback out of Colorado, Maverick McIver, a quarterback out of Texas, and John Rice Plumley, a quarterback out of Mississippi. And Plumley is actually visiting North Carolina on Friday. For those who have visited Inside Carolina's premium message board, know that already. We, we made that post on Wednesday to let everybody know. How can everybody reach you if they want to send their, their rankings to you, John? All right, so on the message board, I am John Siegley on there, and then on Twitter, J.D. Siegley. And, yeah, make sure that you guys get those in, and thank you for reminding to, to get that update, Don. It, I was about to completely forget about it, man. I know, John. That's why I'm here for Keep You Straight. I know, right? I don't know where I'd be without you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's go ahead and sign off on this one, Don, but we will be back next week for our usual football recruiting pod. So stay tuned for that, and we'll probably touch on the visitor that that you mentioned that Carolina has over the weekend as well as whatever other topics come up. But appreciate you joining me for this one, buddy. No problem. I'll talk to you in a few days. Sounds good. And to all the listeners, we'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.